Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Heroes of the Realms, welcome back to your favorite bi-weekly Hero Realms podcast, Sparks and Recreation. I am one of your hosts, Matthew Jigmalinkber-Rooks, joined as always by my left-hand man, Tim Agent C13 McKenzie, the jagged spear to my magic mirror. How are we doing <laughs> there today? There we go. I am feeling all right. I got a nice little nap this afternoon, which is Ooh, awesome. Uh, I don't get that. Naps are always a good thing. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're a luxury that as parents, we should uh, take advantage of whenever possible. Right. Um, we're a little shorthanded today. There's no Sammy, but we do have the two-handed man <laughs> who likes to Whoa. play some relaxing and fun and ritualistic solo play. Chris Double Dubs Wahlberg. How are we doing today, buddy? Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for the fantastic intro there, Jig. I am uh, thrilled to be here with you guys. Feels like it's kind of been a while. I know like we kind of like took a little a few weeks off, but still released bi-weekly and stuff. But uh, yeah, glad to be here and hanging out with you guys. Looking forward to the return of S. Parsons, of course. Scrap for Sam. Yeah, he is still in Portugal, I think, or he's coming back soon. I was in Cambodia for a, uh, a little while, and that kind of is probably why we haven't um, been in touch as much. But yeah. uh, life is kind of returning back to normal, and... Here we are keeping on schedule with our bi-weekly, bi-weekly release uh, yes. just for the listeners, guys. We do it all for you, and we hope you love it. Um, we've got a fun uh, podcast planned today. I just Chris will give the overview in a second, but I just want to say originally we were planning on talking, going, doing a deep dive on the alchemist and the barbarian, but there's an imminent update coming that's going to see some balance changes to both of those. So rather than... Um, obsoleting our information almost instantaneously upon release. We decided <laughs> to call an audible and uh, we're going to talk about something else today, but it's still, it's still going to be a really good episode. Um, so th- I find this interesting because they haven't announced that they're doing an update. Joel's just kind of mentioned it and whatever in the discord. Yeah. Oh, there's no official yeah. update or yeah announcement. But he said it's pro- in all likelihood it's going to be coming Monday the sixth, March sixth. Yeah. So by the time you hear this, uh, no, actually, this should come out a, a few hours before the update drops. But um, which which well. is interesting because if it breaks games, like uh, yeah, they didn't give any notice. Yeah. Which would be but, unlikely. They've been pretty good after the initial, like, yeah. you broke our games. They've been pretty good at announcing if the if a game yeah, breaks. I, I wonder if it just won't break with the new with the new way they have the app set up. I wonder if it won't yep. even break games. Maybe it'll it just, they'll be able to throw everything in there. But Use it the would old be nice to re-roll, to re-roll the characters, though, especially oh, if, sure hope so. yeah. if they're doing some changes. I hope so. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Anyway, uh, Timmy, you got some shout outs for our uh, patrons and donors? I do. I'm going to go through and say, well, one, 
Double Dubs has finally stopped being a patron of the <laughs> podcast he's a host on. So I'm good. still on the show. They let me stay on the show, you guys. It's incredible. Uh, We've decided to, to, it's a probationary now. period. We're going to okay. let you stay on the pa- on the podcast for a little while. We'll, we'll so see. Sick. Yeah, right. in a month or so, you may not be with us anymore, but we'll let, <laughs> we'll let you know. Um, but right. I do want to say thank you to all the patrons, to uh, DNA Searcher, uh, Meowgan, uh, Steven, Warden Slater, Warden Slayer, Eindeloos, uh, Logan Stewart, uh, Daly, and Noodle for being patrons. And I also, uh, we have had a number of one-time donors I don't have the list with me, but I know Bird Law, J. Dodds, who is now Luna IGF, Pig, Luna Pig, um, Horgle. I'm missing a couple of people, and I'm apologizing because I don't have the list out. But uh, thanks everybody that is supporting, has supported the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Definitely, we're going to use it to pay Sam to fix Hero Helper. Yeah. <laughs> basically yeah and keep the lights on we'll, we'll we'll use that money to keep the lights on and it's really appreciated guys all right uh, double d why, why don't you uh do us a favor and give us an overview of this week's episode you know i'd certainly love to it's gonna be a what would you do submitted by daily 23 looking forward to breaking that one down we've got a main focus where we're gonna be talking about the OG classes at level 14 talking about a little bit of the upgrades and the matchups and how that all plays out. Then we're going to go to an episode of the build lab that I will tell you, dear listeners has been kicked the can down for so long. We were trying to talk about this particular build lab for the wizard, like months ago, literally it's it's because the only buddy that cares about it is Jay. (laughs) Is me. Yeah, it was it was originally kidding. slated for an October episode. All right? so oh it's, it's, it's been uh, postponed yeah. five months now, but we're finally going to get to it, and I can't wait. Yeah. So after we, uh, you know, wrap up that build lab, we'll wrap it up in general with the community roundup. So without further ado, let's kick things off. What would you say you do here? Well, welcome to everyone's favorite segment. What would you do now? This uh, what would you do scenario is available on the discord. It is in the show notes. Um, also, it will be on the realmsrising.com webpage. So if you want to follow along or check it out at all, you will be able to do so. Also know that um, the channel in the discord is very active for discussing these scenarios. And if you would like to submit one of your own, feel free to contact any one of us here on the podcast, and we will go ahead and try to feature your scenario in an upcoming episode. Be sure to include as many screenshots as you can. We want all the information of what's in play, what's in your opponent's deck, your opponent's discard, as well as your deck and your discard, plus the main screen of the matchup of like what level and classes you are. So send all those things over and... With uh, all that said, let's go ahead and look at what this matchup is. So Daly is a level two barbarian. He's up against a level two fighter. And he's got eight economy. 
um, to purchase with. We're turn nine, so we're kind of far along in the game already. Um, he's mostly bought fire gems so far uh, and an amaranth, and our opponent has a grave robbery and fire gems. So this has been a race for fire gems to this point. We have 45 health. Uh, the fighter has 39 health and on the board, uh, it is quite the stacked board. We can purchase anything. We've got a full moon's call. I'm going to, uh, read these quick guys. Yes or no. Uh, since they're beta cards, read them. Okay. So full moon's call six combat draw one. If you have a single wild faction, you draw an additional one. And if you have a second wild faction, you draw one again. So potentially uh full moon's call can draw three. We've got crime spree, which is a seven coster as well. Five econ five combat for its primary ability. It factions with guild to put a card from your discard pile on top of your deck. It can self-sacrifice to stun a champion. Up next, we have King Screet, a, five defense non-guard he expends to deal six damage to target opponent and it factions for whenever you acquire a card this turn pay one gold less up next valius fire dragon six defense non-guard uh expends deal three damage to target player and their champions factions with imperial for four combat and last but not least one of my favorites it's really came up in power levels i think as we discussed maybe an episode or two ago rat swarm Nine combat, expend all opposing champions for its primary ability, factions with the guild to draw one, and when acquired, put on the bottom of your deck. So all those cards are in play for us here. Um, I'm going to take just a pause before I say any more, since that was a lot. Uh, Jig, would you mind throwing in what you would do while I queue up the listeners and stuff like that? Yeah, okay, I'll go first. Um, now, the... Voting, I'll just I'll talk about the voting really quick and before Double Dubs talks about some of their comments. Um, six people voted for crime spree here. And um I I think the uh, thinking behind that is you get the gold, which will help you buy maybe some of these other huge cards that are on the row. Um five people chose rat swarm, and uh four people also said berserk, and I'm assuming they're probably gonna berserk. Uh, before that, and then do the Rat Swarm. And this is exactly what I would do. Uh, a, Rat Swarm is probably, it, it, if it's a Dungeons card, it's probably one of my favorite Dungeons card. I, I just love it. It goes to the bottom of your deck, does a ton of damage, uh, and it's just it's just a sick card. The nine damage here, guys, is key. And going to the bottom of your deck is good because it means it's going to hit uh, play soon and really whittle down your uh, opponent quickly this is why i would i would choose i would choose this even if after i berserk i still have enough money to afford the other seven costers i I'm, i still like rat swarm better than than any of them that's what i would do i want to end this game as quickly as possible use my berserk to cycle through my deck as quickly as possible and get even closer to using that rat swarm so um that's what i would do timmy how about you what would you do here? okay let's see yeah, I think uh, think I'm gonna have to go berserk here, <laughs> and then probably I would go with rat swarm as well. Even I if think. you had seven, would you still go rat swarm? Uh, if I went berserk and I drew, and one of the cards I drew was a gold or that uh, fire gem that's in my deck. I could see going for full moon's call mm. would be the the 
other one I would think about. The other two, I don't, I don't think the other two seven costers are are worth getting over Rat Swarm or Full Moon's Call. So I think, ooh, um, yeah. If 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 I go berserk and I end up drawing a gold, well, I'd have to draw a fire gem and a gold to be able with those two because I'm spending two. No, you just need one. No, I need six. Yeah, Yeah. so I just need one gold out of it. Yeah, probably pretty good. So, I think I'd go full moon's call if I draw gold. I think over the over the rat swarm. Yeah, it's a great it's a great card. Um, Double dubs. Before you talk about what the listeners or the uh, the Discord peeps had to say, what would you do here? You're going to have to take your mute off first, hopefully, so you can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, yes, indeed, you're correct. That uh, <laughs> unmuting. <laughs> that was a courtesy <laughs> mute for some sort of bodily gas that was coming out. Yeah. Of <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> indeed the case. Okay. So um, I, you know, man, I could go a lot of ways. I kind of, part of me wants to be just kind of... Uh, Go with exactly what you said, Jig, and Rage, and then Rat Swarm, because I think getting that damage to the bottom is really valuable. I think the way the shuffle's going to line up, uh, we're going to have one hand, and then... Well, we could get it in our next hand. No, I don't think we nope. will. Nope. Yeah, we're, nope. we're two hands away from getting it, no matter what. So you're you're, that's you're essentially top-decking it. Yeah. In, in the first yep. sh- after your shuffle. Which is still fine. Yeah. Yeah. And the, see, because the thing with the crime spree is, while it is appealing for that five econ, and the row is very expensive, it it's just you're gonna have to draw it, buy something, and then you know use the thing right. that you bought. So you're like a couple shuffles. The game's away gonna be over by then, yeah. Game's from crime spree um, mattering, and then full moon's call. I mean, that card is just an A plus, even after they nerfed it a little bit. But I don't have any wilds in my deck. If I had one wild. Or there was some a wild on the row I thought I might be able to buy. That one would be a little more tempting to me. So when I kind of talk through my thought process here, I think I would do uh, Berserk because you always be Berserkin, and then and then Rat Swarm is what I would do. See the 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 reason that I would think of Full Moon's Call over the Rat Swarm is because it draws more than it, it keeps you speedy. Speedy. <laughs> it does. I, I don't think either one's a bad call, though. I, I can see mm-hmm. either way. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's dig into what the listeners had to say. So Logan is going crime spree. He points out that the 5G is too hard to pass up with the high cost cards from this set. And I think um, I wanted to talk about the cards in the set being high cost. And like at first, you know, we kind of concluded that that's maybe not even really true because like, you know, there's one one coster and a two coster and a three coster all the way up the chain. So like base and dungeons would kind of be the same from that perspective, right? But then Roughly. there I think there's two things going on that make uh dungeons feel more expensive. It's that it has call to arms rolled in, which brings up the average cost to be a little higher. Mm-hmm. And I think that dungeons has more stinkers in the low cost cards than the base set 
So like you're more happy with less econ in the when you're playing base set. But when you're playing dungeons, you really do feel that you got to be pushing for four, five, six econ because a lot of the one, two, threes uh, you might be passing on. What do you guys think of that uh, idea? I I think that like as you said with call to arms, that definitely puts the cost ratio up higher, and it's. It's it's not exactly the same in the base deck and dungeons as to how many there are at each of the costs and this and that, but it's pretty close. And if you're playing base set, call to arms, and dungeons, it's super random. The market could be way expensive. It could be way cheap, depending. I don't know that there's any more like low cost stinkers <laughs> in dungeons. <laughs> um, there's definitely there's few, some. Though. Yeah, there's a few. But, but there's but some there's, really good I, ones too. Don't you guys think the the gold output is higher though, isn't it? I feel like it's a lot easier to get more gold with the um, with the dungeons and call to arms stuff. It just seems like mm-hmm. there's cards that get, that provide more gold. This is all anecdotal, by the way. I've been talking to S Freak recently, and she's oh. working on an article that's probably going to break down all the stuff like she did with the base set. So uh, we nice, will be that's able to, awesome. We'll be able to determine. You hear it here first, guys. Shout out to Esfri, <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah, it would be nice to do an, ana- an analysis on the gold output because I think it feels like it's easier to get more gold with the, with the new expansion. I, I, I think some of it is if you're playing at level 14 or playing with the new classes, there's definitely more econ for almost everyone in that situation like you yeah. know you you get those upgrades and you're getting it's easier to buy the expensive stuff yeah for sure well uh more dungeons economy analysis to come in the future it sounds like we'll move on to the next listener comment this is from gatu uh gatu is going rat swarm bottom decks lets you berserk still burn all the fire gems keep toggling berserk and then basically with that amount of damage you're going to be able to burn this fighter down really quick and then Filtrophobe also with the Berserk and Rat plan. The game's going to end very quickly because there's no healing, no guard, and Rat will let you race. Also burning through the fire gems here. I think that's something none of us explicitly called out, but I think we definitely would have rinsed all these fire gems out of our hand. and Always, and always. Punted them yeah. at the opponent here. So yeah, You want to burst that fighter down as quickly as you can, and Rat Swarm is really going to help you do that. Um but as Tim said, uh, the um, Full Moon's Call is never a bad choice. It's just such a, an amazing card, especially if you can end up with another one or two wild uh, down the line. It's just going to turn mm-hmm. into a, a crazy monster of a card. Even if you don't, it just speeds up your deck. If you're getting rid of all those fire gems in your deck and you go Full Moon's Call, you're going to be you're going to have a faster deck than with Rat Swarm. Yes, you're going to yep. get you're going to be guaranteed rat swarm, not your next hand, but the one after that, but you could get lucky and get full moon's call on that shuffle too. So you never know. You could, know. yeah. It could also and- be bottom decked. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was just going to throw it out quick that, um, I would say with very little exception, as soon as I buy Full Moon's Call, I'm looking to buy as many greens, like basically yeah. any green that flips, you're yep. happy to buy it. And even if you see it on the row, 
you might be inclined to start buying greens because whoever winds up, you're like denying greens from your opponent if they do end up with the full moons call themselves. Or if you are the one that ends up with it, you're happy to have all the greens in your deck already. So it's interesting how much that card can swing your market decisions. Let's be honest, though, Double Dubs. If there's greens in the row, you're probably going to want to buy them anyway, whether you have full moons call or not, because so many of them (laughs) are so good. Um, as yeah, is tradition. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're probably going to want to buy those up anyway. But. All right. Uh, I think we'll keep it short and sweet here, guys. Nice. What would you do, 24? As always, here's a call out to our listeners. Please submit your own what would you do situations. Take some screenshots of a cool situation. It can be anything. It can be like a, uh, a really difficult choice or it might be a turn one choice that's not so interesting you know what one or two cost card are you going to buy that's also an uh, interesting thing to talk about so any situation you have that you would like to submit for what would you do we will be happy to take it all right that brings us to tonight's main focus uh the OG at 14 is kind of the title for this that Matt put <laughs> on this page. So um so we're gonna we're gonna look at um kind of what happens in the process of going from the max level of 12 to a max level of 14. So at level 13, each class gets a choice between two cards. Um I believe they are all add to your deck none of them replace anything so you're adding a card to your deck at level 13 and then at level 14 you get the choice of a hit point upgrade or uh upgrading your either adding a second ability if you didn't at 12 or upgrading it to the the next level if you did the ability at level 12 so that's that's kind of overall what happens, but we're going to look at the upgrades we have to choose from, the recent balance changes for the classes, because there was a little bit of that, and then uh, looking at how we would build these out, what we like, what we don't, and kind of how the balance looks, or and things may have changed a little bit with this. So uh, that's our discussion for tonight. Cool. Um Double Doves, why don't you lead us off with the Cleric? Let's go in alphabetical order, as we usually do. All right. Yeah, Cleric, it is a class that I certainly love to play. I love those uh, long, grindy Cleric games. And the upgrades at 13... (laughs) Tim loves the Cleric games. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) The upgrades at 13 are cool. Uh, Imperial Sailor is, uh, I think, one of the first examples of row punch that we see in Hero Realms. So I'll read that one off quick. It is a three defense non-guard. If you expend it, you choose a card in the market, acquire it for one less or sacrifice it. And Imperial Sailor self-sacrifices to draw a card. Now, a lot to talk about with Imperial Sailor, but we'll break down uh, the other choice first here, which is Ship's Bell. This card provides two economy, and if you self-sacrifice it, you prepare a champions. No, you prepare all champions, is what it does. Um, No, it's a champion. Is it really? Yes. Okay. 
typo still messing with me all this time later. <laughs> I wonder if that's uh, has that been fixed in the app? I don't even know. I Prepare don't know. a. That's champion. the original screenshot. Yeah, it's it just sure a is. champion. Yep, <laughs> I think they did change okay. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's only prepare one. Okay. And now yeah. that uh, is perhaps revealing in and of itself because <laughs> I have not played Ship's Bell yet. I'll talk a little bit about it, which is just to say that the increase of economy for the cleric is interesting. It's a straight ad. I feel like I would like this a little more if it replaced a gold, probably. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, if this but everything's add at level thirteen, so true. So they want that for consistency. That yep. makes sense. Um, so, anyways, um, this the ship spell is going to add your deck a little bit. You can sacrifice it out for a key moment to be able to prepare a champion. Um, so while those things um sound interesting to me, it's really been all about the imperial sailor so far. Did any of you guys have anything to add about Ship's so, Bell? I want to try it, but I haven't it, it's, um, gotten to it yet. It's on my list to try. It's it's the one upgrade in here that looks interesting to me that I haven't been able to try. But like getting that initial boost, especially if you can get something like uh, a Bro- Berlin or something that's an economy champ mm. early, that you can get the two gold from the Ship's Bell, you get it from the champion, you scrap out the ship spell because you don't want the econ anymore, and you prep that econ champ, and you just got, you know, a, a nice little burst. Going. Yeah, you got a nice burst there, and I could see that being really good. Um, the problem is that Imperial Sailor is what? really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, because you can, once you choose that market card, it's either costs one less, which basically gives you a gold, right? Or... Yeah. You can just deny stuff to your opponent, which is everybody wanted this, and it's the only card that does it. So why would we not pick Imperial Sailor as our initial testing has been done, right? Yeah. Well, and plus, I mean, the Imperial Sailor gives you one more follower, yep. starting follower in your deck, which makes the uh, candle better. Candle. It it makes the breastplate better. It makes your bless ability, but it basically makes everything. Make- about the, the shield, better. yep, yeah, yeah, the yeah. shield, yeah. and 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 it has that scrap ability, which I never use until like the very end when Late, I, when I'm yeah. when when I'm trying to finish something off. That's when I'll use the draw. The rest of the time, the card's just really good. <laughs> I want to keep yeah. it. It's so good. Now, uh, let me say this about the ship's bell too. Originally, I thought it was prepare all champions. And it still is not nearly as good as the Imperial Sailor. In I, my opinion. It, it's definitely it's this is the one one setup here where we're we haven't done all the testing. I think I think at least one of us has done the testing on the other upgrades. Yeah. So um, but I definitely I want to try out ship's bell. I don't I don't have high hopes for it, but I do think it will have situations where it could be really good. Can you so, yeah. can we like theory craft a little bit? Like if you were gonna do ship's bell, what are some of the other build choices that you think you might make in that situation? Anything like any like unusual cleric choices you might do differently? I think uh, go ahead. You don't want to do the candle. Maybe you don't do the candle. Right. Uh what what's the choice with the the candle or the it's the veteran follower, I think. Yeah. No. 
Yeah. So maybe you want to go like more damage and econ there and, and, and try to focus on um, getting a stronger start. Is it the shield? It's Bright Star Shield or Ruinous Redeemed. So it makes okay. sense. So it is the candle and the. Okay. Because candle yeah. replaces a gold and veteran yep. follower replaces okay. a follower. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And I guess there's some synergy uh, to prepare a veteran follower because that's six damage. There's something there, maybe. Um, I think you would maybe want to be going Divine Resurrect for extra draw because you're kind of going the Econ route and Divine Resurrect. I'm using that for Econ all the I, time. I'm 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 pretty much always going Divine Resurrect <laughs> anyway. Yeah. For me. I just um, that's my a, play style for sure. So. There's something to be said for the Mass Resurrect too. I think. Yeah. With the, um, I especially with the Breastplate. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that build being good in the mirror and uh, shout out to noodle for turning me on to that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyways, um, I guess, yeah, the, the Imperial sailor just seems to kind of win across the board, but it is on the to-do list to try the ship's bell. I, I, I think I would be going with the, a soul cleric if I'm taking the ship's bell. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm going to be less reliant on wanting more champs in my deck. Like Matt said, not going to go to the candle. I'm probably not going to go with uh, breastplate or, you know, maybe not even the Runos. Maybe I just go thin that out. Don't have a ton of champions. Try to get, make this an action heavy. And I just heal myself with that base heal of soul. Sort and in that. that early game, going uh, Bright Star Shield over Ruinous Redeemed, it really does affect your economy by quite a bit because mm-hmm. it's like one whole card different, you know? Yeah. It's the difference between a five cost and a six car cost. And then all of a sudden, if you got Divine Resurrect, you decide to pop that off. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's about it. Should we move on to fighter? The, the other thing is at level 14, oh, uh, yes. I know most of the Cleric builds have gone with the, at level 12, you're getting the second, the minor res ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the choice at level 14 is, do I upgrade it so that I can get a champion of four cost or less to res, or do I actually want to take some hit points here and up that hit point, uh, you know, base that I have? Which I'll jump in, because I think maybe you and I have different opinions on this one, Tim. I like getting my ability to level 2, so that my champions of 4 cost or less mm-hmm. are available, because it really opens up. You got your 2s, your 3s, and obviously your 4s, you know? Right. And there's so many more good champions as you go up the economy and curve there. That's going to change how you play it, though, too, because right now at with the level 12, or as it was with the level 12, a lot of times you're just trying to get a follower back in out of that first shuffle to thin the deck to have to better thin econ that deck for deck to have two. better econ for deck two. Whereas if you upgrade that to the four cost, you're not going to want to use it for that. Absolutely, yeah. And so that's slowing you down a little bit, and then you're not being like as aggressive with um, maybe like your divine resurrect and burning that right. off too. So yeah, there's some some implications. You're kind of making the choice to like play for an even longer game and making some early game sacrifices. And it's really mm-hmm. the early game that cleric wants to be better. So maybe that's a reason why you don't want to make that upgrade. Honestly, mm-hmm. that, that for me, that's why I was thinking about it. I'm like, I really like that play of just getting that follower out of my first shuffle and speeding things up. 
for and, for and it's usually the, the right clarity. call. I will, I will say this though: there are games where the timing just doesn't work for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe you bottom deck your followers and you don't, and they're not going to be in your next shuffle anyway. And in those situations, it is nice to have the flexibility with the the four cost minor resurrect. So. Um, yeah. I, uh, the other thing too is like, does the cleric really need hit points? Uh, the the cleric yeah. needs some things, but I, I'm Sometimes. not sure. Sometimes, are. Well, here's what I'll throw out there about that actually, which is another reason why in my mind I'm really I th- I had thought it was open shut that you go level two ability, but another reason to like hit points is to keep your phoenix helm online for longer, right? You have a lot a little more cushion for your phoenix helm. And, and you shouldn't be using the Phoenix Elm anymore, though. I think the breastplate. Is, I, is I the disagree with you there, Matt. I I disagree. <laughs> I, because, because here's the thing: the breastplate builds, especially if you go mass res with those breastplate builds, which I'm seeing a lot of that. They're really prone to getting aggroed down. Like they mm-hmm. there's there's a chance for that. And then so going the hit points there, that's going to add what seven hit points to you, and so that makes it a lot less likely. Yeah. If you're and, going, if you're going the helm, definitely. I think that that's a good point. If you're not though, if you're going to breastplate, um, I don't really think you need that, it, but. Except for adding seven hit points to your starting hit points. If you're a breastplate cleric, you're less likely to get burned down before you get that aggro. Up. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, so uh, really I think there's food too. for thought to it. I think, I think mm-hmm. what, you you may be totally right in that like breastplate is the way to go and you want to go with the level two ability that may tr- end up being best. I just think it's not as cut and dry as you're Yeah, thinking. it's not an open shut case. You can definitely make um, cases for any of these things, which is actually a good sign, right? It means that the yeah. design is actually starting to, to fall into so. a, a good place here for, for the cleric. So, But I um, think that pretty much covers the cleric at 14 yeah. don't you guys yeah, think? yeah 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 good job okay. nice discussion so far all right tim let's talk to your beleaguered fighter here next <laughs> okay well i'm gonna start off by saying the fighter uh just seems to be getting worse and worse as everybody else <laughs> seems to get a little better so um a couple of things there were some balance changes um the knockdown of uh skill uh it used to give you three combat and let you expend one champion. Now it gives you three combat. You expend that champion and the one that you expend, you do two damage to. Um, the group tackle gives you two combat and then you can do expend up to two champs and deal two damage to the ones you expend. And then like the middle tier gives you two combat and the one champ with the two damage. So uh, those are changes, which, make an interesting change for the fighter because it used to be and in my opinion anyway the four damage was better like 90 percent of the time there there were cases where the knockdown would let you finish stuff off uh group tackle was just kind of junk and i don't know that it's any better here but i think knockdown is definitely very viable with this change and it evens that ground of do I want to go there or do I want to go with the four damage skill? I think that's interesting choices that have changed with the balance there. But at level 13, there's uh, two cards that you add to your deck. There's the Cutlass, which gives you two combat, and it can self-scrap to uh, 
target champion gains plus two combat permanently. So basically, if you have a champion out, you can scrap this card and put the two combat on that champion instead of on the cutlass, uh, which synergizes really well with your shield bearer and makes that shield bearer not feel like such a crappy card if it's giving <laughs> you two damage when you play it. The problem is they don't always line up and yeah. you can get stuck with this cutlass for a while. So the other choice is the bottle of rum, which draws a card. So it makes this a cantrip. So it's not thickening your deck up at all. And if the card you draw has no cost, you gain three health and that can increase your maximum health value. And then what a weird a, thing to yeah. tack on there, by the way. Right. I just want to say. Right. <laughs> I, I think they wanted this card to actually do something early game because if the health cap is oh, yeah. your starting health and you get this in your initial hand, this card does nothing. Unless you, scr- you can scrap it out for two combat. So, um, yeah. I've tried both of these. I thought I was going to like the bottle of rum more mm. when I initially looked at these, and I think I like the cutlass better. Um, there are times that it really bombs, and you and you can't scrap it out and get it on one of your champions. But I've been playing more Helm Fighter, so I'm buying some of those guards, and there's more targets for it. So maybe I don't get it out of my first shuffle, but by my second shuffle, I usually can get rid of it. And then that speeds up my deck, and I like that upgrade. So does this make the seasoned shield bearer more tantalizing as a choice? The cut I don't know. Was- I don't know if it makes it more or less tantalizing, but it just improves it. What's well, on the other general. side of that decision? I forget. The hand scythe. Hand scythe, which if you're oh. doing the sharpening stone is usually the the, the better choice, yeah. I think. And and right. that cutlass is a weapon. Which, Which will helps, also uh, work with the uh, sharpening stone. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's means, another reason. Yeah. So the cutlass and the hand side. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, so depending on what you're looking at here, you you may your build stuff with the fighter may change. Sad part is it's not going to matter too much. The right. fighter's really lagging behind at level fourteen. Uh, um, yeah. I and then like at level fourteen, you get your health upgrade which would be nine health or uh your uh ability which the first two levels of the fighter ability is are really bad and so like i would take the health no questions asked Mm -hmm. for sure yeah yeah i i just i don't have too much to add here except i did try the bottle of rum Mm -hmm. uh with my uh, fighter and was very underwhelmed by it you know i was it, it seemed pretty nice at first. I think when you, when we were talking about the previews of these um, upgrades in, in an earlier episode, I think we both kind of liked, or Tim and I both kind of liked the bottle of rum, mm-hmm. especially since it can give you um, health over your max health. So even on turn one, if you end up yeah. with it, 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 it doesn't waste that health, which is seems great. But yeah, it's just really not that good. So I'll have to... Well- try the cutlass uh, i'll have to kind of hold my nose and play some more fighter uh, <laughs> while playing with the cutlass um i i will say yeah it's interesting one of the things the fighter lacks is healing so this gives it healing but it's really conditional and later in the game you're much less likely to get that healing and Which that's when, when you you're it. wanting it more yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so 
The other thing the fighter is lacking is economy. And so, like, I, I kind of expected to see some economy upgrades in here. And not seeing that is kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, it's a little puzzling why they added the qualifier of if it has no cost, game three. Why not just draw a card and gain three health? I mean, the fighter needs it anyway. If you did that, the bottle of rum would definitely be a solid upgrade that I would probably take. Yeah. And Draws maybe take off. Give me three health. And maybe so take off the line. Cycle, about that it can go above maximum, yeah, right? Yeah, You'd if it wasn't conditional and it wouldn't put you above maximum, I would. T- I think I'd go bottle of rum in that case. Leave the maximum. I mean, it's not It's not like it's that OP. I, I, I would yeah. just remove the qualifier because um, that would make it more viable, I think. But, but anyway. I don't think either of those are going to change, so we'll see. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah, go ahead, Dean. <laughs> Well, I just was going to, you know, kind of chime in with some of my thoughts here. Of course, I wanted to echo what Tim had said about the Helm of Fury and the Cutlass, where, you know, you're buying more guard champions in general, and any of those can pick up the Cutlass off that sack ability. So uh, that's been working out. You know, it, it's, it just always feels awesome. There's something <laughs> cool about, like, it, putting it the makes, Cutlass. It makes every champion you buy, which maybe like, even, like, the the what is it the death cultist the three guard that does like two, two costs or something two damage yep. yeah like any of those sorts of champions that are kind of underwhelming the option that if i draw this in my cutlass at the same time that card then becomes pretty solid is pretty cool yeah for sure um so taking it over so cutlass is what i have favored between the two in my playing of it again bottle of rum felt a little underwhelming but i would pose a question to you guys if you knew that you were playing in the mirror would you be inclined to take bottle of rum my guess is maybe the answer is still no because you'd rather just race damage and punch them down so cutlass is still better even if you're building for the mirror hmm. right yes that's how I would do it. Yeah. Now, but if you have the cutlass and your opponent has the bottle of rum. Mm-hmm. Do you feel you good about that or not? No, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I feel good about it. I feel I, I feel good about it. Sounds like you guys need to do a five game set and let us know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, it's um, not a bad. I, I need to play more fighter. It's been really hard to motivate, I, to motivate I, myself I, to play the fighter. So I, I should probably do something like that. Yeah, it's uh, I I just because that that healing is conditional really makes it like hard to like mm, even in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, you're not guaranteed to get that healing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So maybe okay. Atlas is better. The last thing I wanted to touch on a little bit was actually rewinding all the way back to the errata. Um, I dig it quite a bit. Um, I've I've played some knockdown builds. I just have kind of enjoyed the utility of it, though I will admit that probably the consistency of four damage, you know, is, um, you know, kind of better on the whole. But uh, 
with the expend, so it expends one champ and deal two damage to it. I want to talk about some of the downsides of how it's been worded now. So it used to be the case that a fighter could keep Ruinous Redeemed on lockdown because you would tap down Ruinous Redeemed and then you would have your combat damage and you would assign that to other champions or the player or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing with it. But now Knockdown will automatically deal the damage to the Ruinous Redeemed, mm-hmm. letting your opponent draw a card. But I think maybe but you can choose not to assign damage. Is that true? You you can choose not to expend Mm. It oh. will give you. It will give you the three damage. You don't expend anything, or which wouldn't deal damage to it. So if you expend it, you have to do the two damage. Got it. But here's so, yeah. what I found. Here's what I found. Breastplate car- clerics will buff that redeemed Runos if, if it's the no only champion target. out. <laughs> Once it gets to three health, which you is can actually keep a mistake. it on lockdown. Which is yes. a big mistake. You should not be doing yes. that. Cleric. You should not be buffing that Ruinos like really ever. You want that to die. You want that. To I would. Die. I would. Ra- I would. I would rather waste that breastplate for the turn mm-hmm. than buff it, especially against a fighter totally. with knockdown. Yeah. Pro tip. So those. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's like a really like this comes up, you know, very little, but it's the kind of little decisions that can actually swing a game in your favor and the sort of thing that I, I love talking about and being able to identify in a game. So the last thing I wanted to talk about with this, though, is that like you can't uh, use this ability on a champion that's already been expended. And I know that sounds weird and doesn't come up a lot, but we already talked about rat swarm a little bit. So mm-hmm. like if you rat swarm, you would not be able to then get the extra damage because you can't target it right when you expend something and deal two damage to it you have to use it first and it also comes up with like the whirling blow or whatever where it like Mm -hmm. expends all the stuff and you get combat so you can't like whirling blow and then knock down you would want to knock down and then whirling blow but then i think you wouldn't get as much damage after your whirling blow so again these are all just kind of things to like just try to like be aware of and keep in mind in your decision making process Good stuff. Hopefully, yeah, I think they're still looking at the fighter by then. I hope so. I think (laughs) they're still looking at it. And hopefully they're going to still mess around with it because it still needs kind of an overhaul, I think. It does need balance. Tim and I were talking about this earlier, but in my opinion, the fighter doesn't need tweaks. It needs an overhaul to the design to really kind of make it a little more viable. Um, You know, we all love the fighter. It's good to have a strong fighter in the meta. You want that pressure on different types of builds. And if people just aren't playing the fighter because it gets beaten beaten down, mm-hmm. you know, it, it hurts the overall meta as a whole. So hopefully um, then you end up with an a, then you end up with an aggro character like the barbarian that just destroys everything. Oh my god. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that's gonna be addressed soon as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's pretty good on the fighter guys. Do we have any final points before we move on to the ranger here? All right, double dubs, take her, take her away. All right, Ranger. So, guys, did we fib earlier when we said that we'd all tried all of these except for the ship spell? Because have either of you guys tried the parrot? We didn't talk no. about that. I've I've played against the parrot in it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I have played say, against parrots, yeah. <laughs> and I think we've all played against the same parrot player, which is Logan K. Stewart, who desperately <laughs> wants them to work. <laughs> and he I wants think, his animal uh, yeah. ranger to work ranger, out. yeah, with yeah. the snake and the parrot. Yeah, 
So with that preface out of the way that we have uh, neglected the parrot here, uh, we'll go ahead and read what it does. So uh, parrot is a champion. It is a one defense non-guard. It expends for two combat and has a very interesting uh, line of text we haven't seen elsewhere in the game before. It says when this enters play, it can't be dealt damage until your next turn. And then the other choice at 13 is Spyglass. This says, draw a card, look at target opponent's hand. Um, So obviously a draw effect for the Ranger, loving that. And then the ability to extrapolate some information out of your opponent's hand um, is also very useful, which, you know, um, the ability to which you're able to leverage that is something that is uh, skill-based, I would say, and I've always enjoyed cards that have like a skill-based incentive, so that's something cool about Spyglass. But just overall, the Parrot has not been... Like, it just is so underwhelming compared to the Ranger drawing a card and getting this little bit of free information that, you know, that's kind of the route that I have stuck with. Let's go ahead, and before we dive too much further into the upgrades or anything else, let's talk about the Errata. Of another item that I think maybe has been neglected. <laughs> um, oh, there, there's two erratas, yes, of course. Um, and one of which is uh, super important. The other one has not proved as relevant yet. So uh, without further ado, Pathfinder's Compass. Um, one gold is what it adds to you for you. And it says, look at the top five cards, put up to one in your discard pile, and the rest on top of your library in any order. So that's the most recent text on it, right, guys? I believe so. That's yep. what's in yeah. the app when you right look now. at the upgrade, okay. the card Sweet. gallery. And so that is an improvement. I think we're digging a little further and maybe putting one into the discard pile, and it used to just straight up rearrange, right? So they tweaked right. that a little bit. And then we've got Unending Quiver. Now, this one is a nerf, and I think we can all agree that it was uh, a necessary and well-executed nerf. So it says, draw a card. You may discard a card to return an arrow from your discard pile to your hand. Um, So let's break down a little bit of that. I think that one thing when you're first playing the Ranger, and this will still be kind of new for everyone because this was uh, this update is pretty recent. The sequencing here is a little bit different. It used to be that you would return an arrow and then you would draw a card. Uh, Mm -hmm. But now you draw a card and then you are faced with this decision to either uh, to discard a card uh, to return an arrow or not. So basically, Quiver is no longer getting you double draws routinely. Um, Instead, it is drawing you a card and then like maybe drawing you a half a card or letting you cycle. The one thing that I've noticed with Quiver the most now is those really clunky double bow hands that are such a drag Mm -hmm. with Ranger. You're often now able to discard your unnecessary bow to pull back an arrow is kind of what I've been. Which can help you sometimes, right? If you want to shuffle that into your into your next Mm -hmm. shuffle. And, and the, the other thing I've, I've noticed because the sequencing has changed to where you draw first and then you have the decision on the arrow, when you get to the end of your deck and you don't have, you're going to shuffle by drawing, you lose the chance to pull those arrows totally. from your discard, which happens a lot more than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Same. Yep. And it, and I think the the power level change. It w- this was a really good nerf. It wasn't so much that the 
Ranger just now stinks. I think the Ranger's still really good, but I think it was a really good nerf to a a way too good of a card. And it doesn't draw two for you very often. There are situations where the the discard a card to get an arrow, but then you're losing some economy or some damage to do that. And the trade-off feels much better balanced now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but um, as the community suggested, many possible alterations to Unending Quiver, this is not one that the community no. had chosen, right? Like, why is Wizards? They're the game designers. They, you know, came up with a, a good one here. You know, they showed why they're the ones hitting the print button <laughs> mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So um, I want to throw another thing out there to you guys that's kind of been like an initial hypothesis that's still kind of in testing for me a little bit. But basically, um, I've been playing more 3-2 Ranger instead of 4-3 mm-hmm. Ranger. I'll give a little bit of setup of explanation in case listeners don't know what that means exactly. For your tracking ability, you can um, level it up such that you look at four cards and then discard up to three. Or you can look at the top three cards and then discard up to two. So it's four, three, and three, two, respectively. And the, the three idea, two only costs one gold instead. Yes, of that's yep. Very important call out there. Otherwise, yeah, like why would you pick that? Why would you so, pick it? Right. <laughs> yeah. So quiver was insane with four three because you were churning through your deck, uh-huh. discarding arrows all the time, and almost always getting a draw two off of quiver thanks yeah. to the four three track. But now that that's like not the case so much anymore, um, I'm thinking that that like cheaper tracking and the quiver not hitting so often, it's kind of been. Um, Kind of what you I've think, been going for. What do you, you guys think, think it makes the that? three two better than the four three now? I don't know if it's better. Like I said, it's still in the early stages of testing, okay. but that's kind of like my reasoning and thoughts is that like okay. you're not hitting as hard with the four three. So the four three is not as good. So now I want to go back to try the three two a little bit. Ha- has have any of us tried the the compass? Done anything negative with that since it changed? I did try it once, yeah, just to see. I did a snake compass build in the beta. I, I don't have it since the new update, but <laughs> okay, uh, it, it it didn't perform well. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. I, I I played a few games with it and then just went back to my other my other oh, two, yeah. just the four three and, and three two um, non non uh, compass. Um, you know, I, it's good that WWG is trying to make these things a little better, but it's still a pretty clear cut choice. You know, we were talking about the cleric earlier. At least there's some situations we can think about yeah. both of these working well with the ranger. If you want to optimize your, I build, want to, yeah, you know what to do. I want to see, uh, Alex, uh, the cat says meow, try to make a compass build viable. Cause he, if anybody can make that build work, <laughs> he can figure it out. Right. So I also find it interesting that they use the word library in this card's yes. text, which is not, it's not actually in the game because yes. that's a magic term <laughs> well, for your draw pile. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, they just call it, it deck in hero realms normally. Yeah. 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 Or draw pile or deck is what they use in hero realms. So nice. Um, But so you covered the upgrades and said that's pretty clear cut, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we hadn't like dove too deeply into Spyglass versus Parrot, but basically, like when I played, when Logan's played the Parrot against me, usually you just like ignore it for a turn and then bash yeah. it out of the way, it's felt like. 
So I don't know. Maybe he might have another perspective that he can share in ways that it's been helpful for him. I'd love to hear from you on the Discord, bud. Let me know uh, if we're missing something about Parrot that you have discovered. But that's kind of what it's felt like playing against it. I, I think I think it's really interesting that when it enters play, it stays out for a second turn. That's a cool mechanic, but I feel like the rest of the card is so lackluster that it doesn't matter. It only yeah. does two damage, and it only has one defense. It's just really like, meh. It's really not good, and it's really kind of a dead clogger for the ranger. It's yeah. Just, there's, I, I can That's really. That's probably the biggest part. Yeah, I really can think of zero cases where you would want that card in your ranger deck. <laughs> Stone Cold Zero. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, I, I was talking block. to I was talking to Matt a little bit before Chris got on the podcast and we started recording. And one of the things I said, there's a couple of these upgrades that I feel like would go way better with a different class. And the parrot's sure. one of those, like this, that seems more like a cleric upgrade to me or something like having that thing where you can mm-hmm. have an extra champion that's guaranteed to be out for another turn feels like more of a cleric thing to me. Totally. Yeah. That's a great point. This seat that this parrot actually would be pretty interesting uh, as a starter and, card in the cleric. And that thing. spyglass would be an amazing wizard card with the explosive fireball. If you could see Ooh, that they had those chests. Oh, oh. Then it would wow. be like way too good. That's what I was yeah. saying when this was being discussed earlier. Yeah. yeah. Like if you really wanted to optimize that spyglass card as a wizard looking yeah. at your opponent's hand is would be awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um we didn't I, talk I, about go ahead, Jig. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna yeah. say the uh level 14 we haven't discussed, but I think we can keep mm. that pretty brief. Unfortunately, Ranger is another class where the level one and two version of the abilities is a bit of a stinker. <laughs> I think that <laughs> yeah, eventually once level 16 hits and we'll be able to get yes. up to a level three ability, you re-roll your rangers because getting another headshot's gonna be S- sick. Same <laughs> same for the fighter, I think. When, once you can get the full level three ability, it gets way better. Yeah, but in the for meantime, the yeah. hit points. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and newsflash, it's going to be the same exact discussion for wizard. But uh, <laughs> I will say this though: getting the extra hit points, and I think doesn't the ranger get eight hit points with their upgrades? It's a solid chunk. I don't recall for sure, yeah. but it's I, one, I think one it's of eight. the better ones. That's huge, and especially if you're using the well, I mean, both of the armors. Uh, I think Are shot 30. Up at thirty. Yep. So. And if you're using the cloak and depending on that extra econ and the little healing to keep you to keep you in matches, that extra eight hit points is huge for keeping that active a little bit longer. So anyone I think it's- who's played a lot of high level ranger knows that like having your cloak on or off is like two it's different huge. ways of playing ranger. So it's winning and <laughs> yeah. it's the difference between winning and losing, basically. Yeah, whoever like if you're in a ranger mirror. The, yeah. Whoever yep. shuts off the other one first usually is gonna win that game, unless you have a bunch of healing and you need to reactivate mm-hmm. it. Yep. Uh, yeah, but um, I unfortunately don't have. You guys covered this really well. I don't have a bunch to add here on the Ranger talk, um, except to say, and I'll just reiterate what I said earlier: the optimal build for the Ranger has not changed, in, right. in my opinion. Yeah, you want to get the crossbow. You want to get the, the uh, black. The sorry, the fire flash fire flash fire arrow, and you want to <laughs> get the quiver. That's how you optimize your Rangers, the- and that has not changed. The the one thing that Dubs made a good point though is you may want to go with the three two instead of the four three track now. 
Yeah, yeah. I think okay. that's worth testing. And that's always been fairly close. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. So. We, I, sorry. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. I, I still think both of those are good uh, viable yeah. builds and they're both fun to play. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about the, the upgrades rather than the... Uh, just, yeah. just the cards you add to your deck. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, I think that's pretty good for the um, Ranger. Timmy, why don't you take us uh, take us into the Thief next? So the Thief, um, no balance changes for the Thief. So all that's staying the same. At level 13, we have the choice between the Hook, which gives you one combat, and, the, and you can draw a card or target opponent discards a card. Um, real solid card. And the other option is the trick dice, which lets you draw two cards, then discard one of them. Um, I remember when we first looked at these and, and the stuff was getting spoiled. When I first saw these upgrades, I was like, why would I not take the trick dice? I'm drawing two <laughs> cards. And then I realized of the two cards I draw, I have to discard one of those. It's not draw two cards, then discard a card. It's draw two cards then discard one of them. Mm-hmm. So that, that is that, brutal. That's something, yeah. And that makes it much more situational. So um, I've tried both of these. And in my opinion, I'm going to go with the hook pretty much every time. Because it's always drawn a card. It's always given me a damage. And then maybe at times if I'm, looking to force more of a discard lock, I can switch it to discarding a card. If yeah, I don't have so a flexible. lot of discard, if I don't have a lot of discards in my deck, I'm usually going to use it for the draw, especially if I'm shadow masking and all of that stuff. It's real versatile. Yeah. It lets the thief lean into their various strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's always going to be good. It's always going to be helpful one way or the other. Yeah. And then at level 14, you have the choice between uh, the health upgrade and the level, you could get up to the level two ability, which lets you get a two cost card uh, or less for free, correct? Yep. Yep. Basically. And I think that's definitely an interesting choice because I know I've, I've mostly taken the health upgrade rather than the, you get a fire gem for free for the level one. But the yeah. level two is a nice little bump where a two cost mm. card from the market where you could get Elven Gift or um, even even Spark if you want to. Yeah, Spark or uh, Influence. Intimidation, Influence. All of these are great base set cards that you can use it on. And then if you get into dungeons, there's some decent one and two cost cards. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely is tempting. Uh, I like the hit points, and I think it depends on your build. If you have like a lift thief, I'm probably going for the skill or the ability upgrade to for the two cost card for the market. But especially if, got, if your boots a lift yeah, boots yeah. thief, uh huh, yeah. But if if I'm going like misdirection or uh, distracted exchange, I may go with the hit points. Yeah. So I I I, th- I think I think it's. Either one could be viable, but it's definitely much more tempting to go with the ability here than uh, most of the other class. Cleric might be the other exception where I'm going to go with the ability. 
yeah. at least some of the time. So I think I agree this is that. the other one where I think it's viable. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it's yeah. also a not so much better that I think you have to do it either. I think it's yeah. a good choice. Yeah, and it depends the build layout that yeah. you're doing, right? The build out both both choices give you uh, some flexibility depending on how you built your thief. So, which is have good either, again. Yeah. Have either of you tried the trick dice? No. Yes, I did, and uh, I immediately regretted not having the. Hook. <laughs> How brutal okay. was it that you had to discard one of the two cards in that of what you drew? That seems way, so bad. Way too many times I would draw two good cards and I didn't want to discard one of them. <laughs> like yeah. it was like yeah. I'm discarding the stuff that I bought and now I don't get to use it. If you could draw two and discard a gold that was already in your hand, it would be way like, too just draw good two and be. discard a card. Yeah, it would be it'd be a lot better. It would sure. be insanely good if that were the case. Would yeah. I, I still think I'd I still you think I would prefer still. the hook. Yeah, I think. Uh, really? Over a draw yeah. two and then discard something from your hand? I would take the trick dice if that's what it was all day. Speeds yeah, up your deck more and it lets you get rid of, you know, a gold deck. Yeah, I, find, I mean, it really I find does speed up thief, your deck a lot. I, I find as a, th- as a thief, I have enough economy that I'm wasting it half the time. So getting rid of a gold is mm. not a big deal. Yeah. And the thing with trick dice that in in the back of my head, even as it reads now, I wonder if I'd be lining up my knives and knife belt a little more often, especially mm-hmm. if it was worded in this hypothetical way we wish it was yeah. worded. Then you'd really yeah. be doing the thing with your knives and knife belt. Yeah. So, you know, there's some some room for improvement on the trick dice, but I'm I'm with you on the hook as well. Um, I, again, also when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna discard two everyone every single turn. It's gonna be awesome. But then when I started playing it, I was like, I think I want to draw here. I, yeah. I think I'm gonna draw here. I draw with it Drawing way more than so I discard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Drawing is awesome. But then that, you get to this late game position, and you're like, time to put the brakes to you, kid. Oh, yeah. And you start yeah. making them discard too every time it comes up. Well, and depending that, on even early game, let me. I'll just say this: if you know your like let's say your opponent only has five cards in hand or seven cards, and you basically can tell what they're going to have in their hand. Um, you can use that extra dick discard to really prevent them from buying something. Uh, well, uh, and in one of their first turns, which can sometimes come in handy. And even, even early game, um, if it's, they had five gold and now they have three, uh, that's gonna, maybe they still get out that three coster, but they can't use their skill or whatever. Like, Early game, making them discard two cards is pretty big. Like that really so, slows down oh, the yeah. ramp. All this is just to illustrate the awesome versatility of the card. And one, that, like, one, one thing I do want to say about the trick dice is if you have Shadow Mask, if you draw two cards, you discard a three-coster, you can put that one back on top with your okay. Shadow Mask. <laughs> Not bad. And so it doesn't feel like it's as bad, but it's still like... It's like at that point I just drew one. The hook would have done that, and given me a damage. Hmm. Right. So, yeah. I, so yeah. I want I want to like trick dice, but it's it's not I, there. I don't. I will say after having this conversation, um, you got me turning the gears a little bit, Tim, on like a lift boots thief that goes ability level two to be able to get mm-hmm. that. You know, because. There's so much awesome stuff. We didn't even mention like uh, Death Touch, which I'd be happy to grab. Right. Like the fact that you're not just we didn't mention dungeons at all. Right. 
yeah. So, you know, without having to go into all the specific cards, just the fact that it opens it up for you to be able to acquire anything of cost two or less, um, at least just to try it. I feel like I want to even recruit that up. Even a recruit an early recruit can make a huge difference in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for the thieves. So, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I'm, I'm really have... wanting to try it more as I'm talking about it because <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't. I usually have gone hit points with my thieves, and now Same. I'm like, I'm gonna have to build that out. I actually have a boots thief uh, that I do well with, but that I did take the ability for the fire gem ability, and then at 14 I took the. The hit points. Uh, the hit points, which now I'm thinking is probably a mistake. If you're going to go that route, you should probably go all in and get yep. do do that final upgrade. Yeah. Um, especially since with the boots, you don't really have to worry about your the boots being deactivated, or if they are, you're probably right. lose. You're, you're screwed. Lose <laughs> yeah, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, interesting so stuff. I think that covers the the thief pretty well. So let's let Matt talk on his favorite class here with the wizard. It is it is my favorite class. Although I have to say, the alchemist uh, is causing oh, me yeah. a little bit is causing me a little bit worry. <laughs> favorite OG class. Yeah, okay. favorite OG class. Okay, that's a good qualifier. Okay, all right. So go. let's talk about the wizard. The level thirteen upgrade choice is probably the most clear cut out of all of them, um, even with the parrot in in the picture. And, <laughs> and uh, the reason is because of ship in a bottle. All right. And ship in the bottle is a, uh, item that gives you that, that adds to your deck that gives you two gold and you can sacrifice it to acquire a card of cost three or less. So basically you have a single mm. card that can give you up to five economy worth of purchasing power, uh, in the early game, which is extremely powerful. Like it's so strong, it's it's hard to to uh, overstate it. And now, uh, it's great. I think it's it's amazingly strong. I don't really like the design on it too much because it's just a bunch of econ, uh, yeah. which of course is going to be really good. Now, I'm I also don't want to complain too much because it really helps the wizard uh, <laughs> um, in ways that 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 it needs it. Um, now, the other choice is the treasure map which has some really cool artwork. <laughs> I'm just laughing because that's what you lead with on the card. The artwork's yeah. really cool. Hey, my <laughs> mom, my mom always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I have to at least <laughs> say something nice about it. Um, but holy crapola, this is a really bad upgrade. All right. It's a, uh, another item that draws a card. Okay. Now, it also has a sacrifice ability that will give you faction triggers for each of the factions. And I'll read, I'll read through them really quickly. The first is for Imperial. It will, if you have an Imperial card in play, it will give you three extra damage. If you have a Wild in play, it will give you two extra uh, economy. If you have a Guild card in play, you can draw a card. And if you have a Necros in play, you can sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. Sounds great, right? But it, it's not. It if, sucks. If you, have, if you have all four, you get all four of these. If you have all four, you get all four of them. But here's the thing, all right? Now. Yep. Yes, all right. So if you have all four of these things in play, you'll get all four of them. Sounds great, right? But if you're going to have all four of those in play, that means you're probably in the mid game already. 
before you yeah. can even or think late. about yeah. using it. Um, if you're going to wait till early, maybe you basically you're going to have to wait till your first shuffle before you can even think about using this. And even then, it's probably not going to be the best time to use it. And if you're using it just to get some extra damage or to maybe draw an extra card or to get the two gold if you have a wild in play, um, it to say it pales in comparison to the ship in the bottle is uh, an, an understatement to say, to, to say the least. Basically, so- the ship in the bottle gives you a nitro boost to the wizard's opening. It helps yeah. you populate your deck with a lot of good stuff that uh, you're going to be able to use on that first shuffle. All right. Uh-huh. Assuming you uh, also sacrifice it, which you do most of the time. Yeah. Uh, if there's a target, even if there isn't a target, you scrap it and you get, you add a, a fire, um, you gem. Add a fire gem, yeah, which will give you yep. the same, uh, another more gold and you can use it for damage. The treasure yep. map has zero help for you in the opening, uh, which is really where the wizard <laughs> needs it. The wizard needs to accelerate as quickly as possible, especially in uh, against aggro opponents in order to avoid a quick death. And the treasure map doesn't help you at all with that. Go ahead, Timmy. The the only good thing is that it draws a card so it doesn't take up space in your deck. That's like the only good thing about it, really. That's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) this is the, the treasure map is a card, like I said earlier, some of these felt like they should go with a different class. That looks like something that was designed for the alchemist. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be, be cool with like, the alchemist. Like with the alchemist, I may be burning this on the first time I play it, or the second time at least. You know, like yeah, because you can. But fa- in the wizard deck, give factions into your cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but with the wizard, I'm like, no, no, thanks. It's just too slow. It, it, it's yeah. too slow, and even uh, you just heard all of the bonuses you get from the sacrifice. Yeah. None of those are good, really. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a draw card from a guild might be okay, an extra sacrifice, okay, I guess, but it's... I actually you- have a, a funny story I wanted to bop in there regarding those abilities. So, like, mm-hmm. first of all, the, the card's very, what I would describe as, like, aspirational, because you read Treasure Map, and as a player, or at least me, there's part of me that, like, I, I want to do the thing, I want to see what happens, I want to see if it's good, so I, I did try the card. And one of the only times that I recall where I lined it up to get um, I had like three faction abilities out of the four at once. Um, it drew a card and flipped my deck and then I was not able to sacrifice like I thought I would be. Able to. <laughs> <laughs> so like even the time I was like, yes, I'm, I'm doing it. It's because oh, you, you had the a dream because yeah. <laughs> it does it does it do it in the order that they're written? Yeah, I think it must. Is? Yeah, because it didn't give and me so an option. So it draws before you can sacrifice. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> so interesting. Well, that just makes it a lot worse. <laughs> well, now though, um, you should be able to choose it now. Um, but uh, as uh, Joel said in the chat, now for the basic draw ability, um, if you sacrifice it before you draw it, you're going to lose the draw because the card's going to be gone. So you won't. So you're going to have to draw first. Right. Um, I have he also. Meant, he used meant this, the guild faction ability oh the yeah. guild faction yeah. yeah when i factioned it yeah now you should be able to with the order of operations now you should be able to choose whatever order you want to do it in if you have multiple right. in there uh but, so that is uh, like a ui upgrade that they made on treasure map oh well it's the order of process upgrade that happened in the last update so it, so now oh. with like thing happens this is this. another thing like varic you can use the ally ability before the main ability 
Or with Tyranus. Tyranus, you can draw before you sacrifice, which is actually pretty, pretty awesome. I knew about that and agree that it's awesome. Um, And just, uh, yeah, I didn't uh, even realize the way that it would apply to this card. So, yeah, that makes sense. And, yeah, so before it just went top to bottom um, and how Mm. it processed it. Yeah, which is, which with the order of um, operations changes, it it makes it a little better, but it's still just, it's just not good, guys. Yeah, and that that change that change aligns it with the way you play in the physical game because in the physical game, at least most of the time, like when you play in action, you have to play the main ability and then you can faction it when you want, and that's always how the app has worked. But with champions, you could do the faction and then tap them to use their main ability in physical, and now you can do that in the app. Yeah, it's just so bad, guys. If they if it had like draw a card and heal three, then oh, I yeah, would actually that, then I'd be going for it probably. Yeah, then it'd be all right. Now we especially if you're going pure pure wizard or, or or soul channel wizard, getting that extra healing which the wizard really needs would be good. But um, hopefully they're gonna do something with this because a I don't see many wizards that use it in the meta, and the occasional <laughs> one I do. I, I beat so badly that it's 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 not even <laughs> yeah. it's not even funny. Uh, the the other thing I'll say about the ship in the bottle too is it's one of the main reasons that the wizard has really jumped up in power level at, at level thirteen and fourteen. Uh, mm-hmm. Just that boost to your economy is so it's so strong. Now again, I said earlier I don't really like the design because it's just throwing five economy <laughs> into this wizard starter deck, right. which is great. It's strong, but it's not exactly but- like. And and I I will say it's a it's five economy, but you can't. It's not like you can buy a five cost card. With no, that. yeah, 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 yeah. It's five so, worth so, economy over two cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, the or other three. great thing about it is if you have your spell components in play, and you reduce mm-hmm. the cost of a card, like um, uh, rally the, the troops, yeah, rally. rally the troops, or yeah, or whatever. You can use the ship in the bottle to uh, acquire yep. that card at the reduced cost, which is freaking amazing. That doesn't uh, it's seem a, right. Like <laughs> no, that that that's actually really cool to me. That like it's a nice interaction. Like, yeah, yeah, it's sure. good. No, it's helped the wizard kind of stabilize a bit and uh, st- gives a wizard a fighting chance in some of the uh, the, the the worst matchups. So it's really good. Yep. They just need to they need to do something about the treasure map. And- to uh, to balance things out a little bit to make it a little more tantalizing, and there there were some weird balance changes here too, right, Matt? Um, are you talking about the uh, ability balance yeah. changes? Yeah, yeah. okay. Because right, it's so, level one and two balance changes. Yeah, which is so at, at level fourteen, or I mean level twelve plus, you can choose or anytime uh, if you haven't chosen your uh, health up health upgrade. You can choose to start uh, get it to get a second fireball, um, and the level one fireball is called a flame burst, and they've actually in, improved this a little bit. It does three damage to two targets, which you know is actually it's not it's not something to be written off. Um, but if you do if you at level fourteen if you chose if you choose to level up that fireball again, which you should if you've gone that route, it does four damage to two targets, which is. Pretty and good. it it's used like, to just be, it used to just be to champions, right? 
the level one one, I think was just the champions. Uh, I, I forget to be honest, but it was much yeah. worse. I think, I think the yeah. level one was just three, two or three damage to one target. And then the level two was like three damage to one target. I think oh, okay. So they, okay. they made it a lot better. Uh, that being said, um, you're still making a big mistake. If you don't choose <laughs> the health upgrade with, with the wizard, you really need that health. You need, especially against, uh, rangers and fighters and of course barbarians because they will literally decapitate you before the game really gets started um uh-huh. i mean they won't literally decapitate you as a person but your wizard in the game um you you, <laughs> you will see like the head on the wizard card will literally fly off the card no i'm just joking i hate when people miss it, it feels like you it myself. feels like you literally get decapitated though it feels like it yeah um now we this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with some of the other um, upgrades. I think uh, Chris mentioned it with the Ranger. It's still not quite a viable option yet, in my opinion, to upgrade your fireballs. However, once we get up to level 16, 18, mm-hmm. and you can upgrade your second fireball to it, let's say you can have two explosive fireballs oh. or, or have one barreling fireball and one explosive fireball. Dude. Holy cow. Now... We're talking about a situation where, okay, let's say we can have a barreling fireball and an explosive fireball. Now we're prepared for two situations where our opponent gets a high cost champion. We can use our barreling fireball on it either to try to discard or kill it. And we have our explosive fireball to do our market lock or to discard multiple uh, cost five or lower champions from hand. If you had the future looks good for that choice is what I'm saying. Right now, it's still not there yet. But once we get up a little bit higher, it's going to be a viable choice, I think. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm just imagining two explosive fireballs where you get that the, the rows full of champions and I can hopefully discard a champion out of their hand two or get something. Yeah. For two turns in a row to lock them out of the market would be insane. If it, if it happens, totally right. Yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that would hurt. Yeah. yeah, two would be good. I do like the idea of the barreling and explosive, though, because mm-hmm. sometimes if your opponent gets a really high value champion in hand, and there's more of them now with the with the new cards, well, um, the barreling is really good too. And 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 here's something where you because the barreling lets you get a champion of what's the cost? Is it any barreling's cost? any any cost? Yep. So yep. so here so you do your your explosive fireball lock out the market, get any champion five or less. If they have a six or higher cost champion in their hand, you do your barreling and boom, that's Same gone term. too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can see oh. their hand. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Ouchies. That would be a great combo. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. In the future guys, it, it'll be fun to re-roll your wizards and give them uh, extra fireballs, but we're still not quite there yet. I don't think it, the extra uh, hit points is just so I, valuable. Am I, am I weird here in that? Like when they talked about getting a second ability or this or that stuff, I thought that they would add another skill or ability at some point where you would mm. have a different, a choice of a different tree. That, yeah, that maybe know, wasn't available until after level twelve. That you would you would be able to start a different ability, not the same one. I or remember the, starting on the books and with the um, ruin of Thandar book one. It kind of implied that it would be the way that it is in that rule book. Yeah. 
that once you hit the level, you yeah. get another one of the same. Mm. But yeah, it'd be I, cool to see more. I'd like to see armors be, leveling up is something random. I want to. That would be cool. Or a new armor even. Or, uh, yeah. but going back to what Tim just said, I think it would actually behoove wise wizard games to think about doing that because some of the abilities are too strong if you double them up and you might, yeah. we might run into some uh, problems later when that happens. Double so smooth heist, anybody? Like we just said, the fireball, double fireball in the right situation can just win games for you like instantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. The alchemist uh, double sack ability is already problematic yeah. it's uh, already so, anyway. problematic and you can't get two seven costers with it so it doesn't feel like they were designed to scale to be double of right. what they currently are right. at the top end exactly is, you know exactly. just what we're noticing. so it might be a good idea for them to start thinking about a way to add a second ability um that's different yeah that's different and it'll open up some more design space and uh it, and you could make it, you could, and it could go two different ways. You could have either ability available from level one, mm. or the other one only unlocks after you hit level 12. Yeah. So once you're at, at 12, you could start unlocking it, or that. Just like because originally you could have two skills where you could go, you know, that double discard thief that killed that idea, like. And- yeah, they quickly saw that that wasn't a good idea either. You know what I mean? So like right. maybe by and the so, time we finally get to this being a thing, they're going to see that this isn't a good idea. I, I, I think the level three abilities aren't so bad that like it's going to completely ruin games. But once you start to upgrade them past that to like the explosive fireball or, you know, the uh, what is it? The snapshot and some of those like are just going to be yeah yeah <laughs> be tough yeah it'll be interesting to see how it goes i do foresee problems happening though yeah uh, with, with this stuff but it, as always it's an ongoing uh play testing and balancing situation and i'm sure they'll deal with those bridges when, when they come to it i do like the idea of one of the upgrades on the way to level 24 would be you can upgrade your armor that you yeah. have and being that able to be have cool. them take a path because a lot of them mm-hmm. you know it's like you either make the thing stronger or tweak the hit point threshold there's yeah. kind of a lot That's of different ways yeah. if you could drop even if it was just dropping oh. the hit point threshold on it that'd be a really cool upgrade possibility wouldn't it a- imagine imagine your your hunter's cloak goes to 20 hit points yeah yeah seriously oh or your spectrum spectacles <laughs> <laughs> Spectrum yeah. Spectacles wallet and watch. <laughs> uh, Austin Powers joke there, guys, for, for those of you. Who um, all right, guys. I think we have spent a lot of time on this. Really good discussion, by the way. I think we've identified a lot of the different uh, salient points here. As always, though, we might be forgetting or missing something. If you uh, have further oh. discussion points, bring it up in the Discord and uh, talk about it after listening to the episode. I, we, got, we got off topic, but I had one other thing. How do we feel like the overall balance is at level 14? It, this can be kind of quick. It doesn't have to be a long discussion. Okay. Uh, I think the wizard has gotten better. Uh, Tim, you've alluded that you think the wizard's at the top of the pyramid. I'm not quite ready to go there yet. I'm, I'm but... not sure if it's at the top, but it's close. Yeah, it's gotten it's gone up for sure. Um, the ranger has dropped down a bit, uh, but it's still it's pretty still good. All right, so let's do this without 
taking into the uh, barbarian and alchemist. Let's remove yep. those two from the discussion. Yep. Um, I'm still going to, I don't know. I think overall everything except fighter has actually gotten a little bit closer. The mm-hmm. cleric's better, unquestionably better. Um, the ranger is a little bit worse, but not totally neutered. The right. thief is gotten stronger. About the thief the was strong to begin with. And the thief yep. is stronger now. Um, and the wizard might have even sur- surpassed the thief or it's getting close to it. I, I think I don't so. Know. It's hard to say exact. I, I, I'm still not ready to give a clear order yet, but I'm really happy with where the wizard is. Right. And, and it's because of the ship in the bottle and the extra health you can add onto it. What do you guys think? My, my, my initial thoughts on it are that the ranger and wizard are kind of at the top. Which one's on top? I don't, I haven't done a super ton of testing, but I feel like they're both really strong. The thief and cleric are really close behind and the fighters just, lagging from everybody the fighters in, in trouble yeah but Chris, th- that's think? my initial thoughts but I, I i like overall for the most part at least four of the five classes feel like they've gotten much closer together i haven't uh the only spot i disagree with you there tim a little bit on is that i think i feel the cleric is still even a notch below the big three to yeah. me are wizard ranger thief if you want to win, right. <laughs> play Ranger, Wizard, or Thief. They're like the most viable across the most matchups and have the strongest builds and are going to win. Mm-hmm. After okay. that um, is Cleric, and then after that is... I uh, think the Cleric is close to those three. Yeah, I think it is too. And I've played some really good Clerics, like really good Clerics that give yeah. me trouble with um, the, even the Wizard or a Thief, which mm-hmm. usually if you're a Wizard against a Cleric, you're feeling pretty happy, but I've played some... Now, granted, these are good players. I'm talking like Noodle yep. and uh, Master Chulky. Rucksack. And the other <laughs> rucksack. Uh, these yeah. are good players, but they can play, they can pilot the crap out of uh, the Soul Cleric, yeah. um, especially. So the soul but it is always Soul, cleric. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's soul. always Soul and it's always Breastplate. That's why I said Breastplate is the way to go. The best players can take that Soul Breastplate and do some pretty crazy stuff with it. So. Uh, but again, that's with because of the crazy healing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall though, I think we're seeing it, fighter aside. We've already talked about the fighter, and the fighter needs an overhaul. It doesn't need tweaking, guys. It needs an overhaul. We need to rethink it and redesign it, in my opinion. Uh, but the other classes are pretty good, and they've smushed together a little bit on the power tree. I would say. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, great, great discussion, guys. I love this stuff and looking forward to hearing um, what the people on the Discord have to say about this as well. All right. And that being said, let's move on into our next segment, the long-awaited, much-anticipated <laughs> Build Lab. Did you build such a thing? And here we are, guys, back in the build lab. I think it's been a while. Uh, and we've the reason it's been a while is because we've been uh, pushing the segment, uh, uh, postponing the segment, because, as you guys know, our uh, episodes tend to go a little bit long. And this is usually the first thing no. that gets caught in those situations. <laughs> um, what I want to talk about today in this build lab is the serpentine staff versus the blazing staff. Um, for most 
uh, people, it's usually a pretty cut and dry choice. Lots of people prefer the Blazing Staff. However, I think there's some interesting discussion to be had about the Serpentine Staff, and that's why I wanted to do it. You know, I think there's almost as many people that prefer the Serpentine Staff, though. At least when I queue up, I see a lot of people that play. Recently, too, I think. Now, originally when we – so I posted this question into the Discord back in uh, October (laughs) – and that was before a lot of things <laughs> happened since in, in the meantime, namely the breastplate, I think the, the breastplate uh-huh. uh, um, buff happened after that. But in the discord, um, I posed this question, which do you prefer with your wizards, uh, the serpentine or the blazing staff? Three people answered the serpentine. Ten people chose the blazing staff. Um, and just quickly, I'll go through some of the comments here. Um, Daily 23 said he, uh, Usually chooses the Blazing, but admittedly, he hasn't played a lot with the Serpentine, so he has to test it more. Something tells me he hasn't tested it that much in the meantime. He still prefers the Blazing. Um, Noodle says he has a dedicated Serpentine build with the robes, just to have it there, but he prefers the Blazing. Um, He thinks that while the Serpentine can come in handy sometimes, usually, even in those games, he probably would have won with the Blazing. Um. He's not afraid to stunt. Some people talk about Runos, uh, the redeemed Runos mm-hmm. being one of the reasons not to choose the Serpentine because it kills it automatically. And he said he's not afraid to stun the Runos uh, because you're probably in a pretty good situation with the wizard anyways, which is something that uh, I'd mentioned I, before that. Um, yeah, go ahead, Tim. What do you have to say about that? I, j- just, just to add on to that there, I think people are a little too afraid to stun the Runos in general, but that's off topic for this, so. Yeah, if you can avoid it, typically you should. But if there's there's some times things, where it's it's not so bad, yeah. a lot of and them. there's actually times when it's good to do it if you can force yes. a, a, an advantageous. So so, so so like Noodle was saying, the serpentines. If that's the reason you wouldn't want to take serpentine staff, I wouldn't let that hold me back from making that choice. Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm also kind of seeing. Uh, no, I, I guess I still see a lot of Ruinos, but. Um, Andalus said, uh, if the cleric is the main reason to choose the serpentine, it's not a good reason because the, it's a favorable matchup for the wizard anyways, yeah. which, which I, I kind of agree with. That said, the um, advent of the breastplate, which can get out of hand very quickly, uh, really makes that serpentine staff uh, a lot more um, viable. Now, that said, if your main argument for the serpentine staff is it works well against breastplate clerics it might not be the best <laughs> the best reason right uh, to, ch- to choose that over the blazing um and that uh game freak also said he's chosen the blazing staff in the majority of his builds basically everyone who chimed in said blazing is the way to go now uh, the reason i brought this up is because i really like the um First of all, the Serpentine Staff replaces a gold, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not adding anything to your deck. Uh, the Blazing Staff actually replaces your uh, your original wand. I, I forget what it's called now. The Fire fire Staff, I think. Uh, yeah, fire, yeah I something like I don't that. Know it, but yeah. So it replaces, the Blazing replaces your staff. The Serpentine actually replaces a gold. So you don't lose the draw from your other one. Um, but I really kind of enjoy the Serpentine Staff. It comes in handy in different situations. It's really good in some of the co-op stages as well, where you see lots of um, enemy champions out there. Um, but overall, 
I'd still have to say Blazing Staff is more consistent. It's probably the better way to go. That said, if you have, um, if you want to try out a new wizard build, give the Serpentine Staff a try. You might be pleasant, pleasantly surprised about it. It's often overlooked and it's it's pretty fun to use. What do you guys have to so, say about this? So, um, I think I agree in general. Like the Blazing Staff is more consistent. You're always getting that plus two damage. The Serpentine Staff is much more situational. The champions have to be out to get extra damage and multiple have to be out to actually be better than the Blazing Staff, right? So it's it's more situational. But my my question is, with Call to Arms and Dungeons being cards that we now have, does that change anything? And if so, like what what builds are the best ones to try the Serpentine Staff out in? Yeah, good points. I think because I don't um, know. <laughs> I, I would definitely say the robes are the way to go with it because you can delay the use. If you know your opponent has some champions right. coming up, you can save that it makes and, sense. and really choose when to use it. So I would say definitely pair it with the robes. Otherwise, okay. I, I think it's it's kind of up to what it, it could be any of the channels and other stuff, but you pretty much want to have robes. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, here, if you don't have the robes, but you have the soul. Uh, channel, which is kind of like a pseudo robe sometimes because okay. you can scry things and set things up later. Th- that could also possibly work. I will also okay. say too, the soul channel has become more viable with the at level uh, 14 at level 14 a, because you have more hit points and with the new uh, dungeons and call to arms cards, there's a lot more healing, like in just inherent mm-hmm. healing that you don't have to faction to trigger, which makes the, uh, the soul channel the wizard a lot viable. better yeah yeah, yeah so i think a soul channel with that or and or the robes is probably what okay. i would advise to, to give it a try yeah chris how about so, you? you have any thoughts on this yeah i mean i think that you guys have gotten in a lot of the major points so nothing uh groundbreaking for me to cover serpentine staff is you know, pretty fun when it hits, you know, if you hit like three champions with it and then you can like clean up a little further, but it just feels like the consistency of uh blazing staff has been my preference having played with both. Um, and you know, like I will agree that people can be too hesitant to take out the ruinous redeemed and stuff like that, but it is annoying when it comes up. And I will say, uh, you know, we played these level seven Highlander matches recently in the event that Tim is running. And I was playing against the and he sent cleric my way. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to answer with wizard. And I got this wizard that has serpentine staff. It's going to be awesome. And then I had three turns in that game where <laughs> serpentine staff and Runas redeemed did not line up so favorably for me. And I lost it and I lost the match. Um, I don't think that was the only reason I lost the match though. Uh, he did beat me to domination in all three games <laughs> that he won. So it, it was it what it was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, there is some some clunkiness that happens. But again, that's not a reason why you shouldn't do it. But if you're like, I'm going to have a wizard with Serpentine Staff because I want to have a match to uh, one in my back pocket to really crush clerics, it, it can do that. Sometimes it doesn't do that. You know, we kind of broke all that but, down earlier. Go ahead. But, but like you said, you already kind of crush clerics. That's not the reason to take it my opinion usually normally it's getting a little harder now i think yeah but yeah 
Okay, well, I was just going to say, if I'm playing Noodle, who I know is going to be playing the Breastplate Mass Res uh, Cleric, I definitely want the Serpentine, I think, versus him, because it's going to make his job a little more difficult. And he plays that so well, it's it's really frustrating to play against. But otherwise, <laughs> though, you yeah, it's I, still, you I, want the, the consistency from the... Uh, from the blazing is usually the way to go. If, if, if you have, so, so kind of what I'm hearing here, if you have extra character slots and can afford to have another wizard, having a serpentine robes wizard in your pocket is not a bad thing for some of like the Highlander and King of the Castle. And yeah. Those yeah, sorts of, that's events. a good way to put it. Yeah. But if, if but it's usually not have, the primary build. Yeah. Yep. If you're only going to have one or two wizard builds, you're probably going to want to go with the, uh, the blazing staff. Yeah. And that's uh, one, one of the other reasons... thing too. Sorry, sorry, Dubs. One other thing too. The good thing about the blazing is that um, it helps you um, deactivate your opponent's armor quicker, which the sacred, which the uh, serpentine does not do, even in the okay. best of situations. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's one true. other thing to think about. I guess I just was going to say that for me, um, the meta has kind of evolved to a point where I wish more players had more access to the multiple character slots because I'm looking at every single character. Like I have a wizard and like I want a wizard that's good for the mirror and I want a wizard that's good for cleric. You know, I want a wizard for each of the different things. And while there may be some overlap, like my ranger wizard and my fighter wizard, maybe that's the same build three or four of those might not be the same. Yeah. And for some yeah. of them, you might be tweaking literally one card. Um, and, and you want three or four different builds of each class, probably. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's really cool territory to explore and to think about. And then as we're able to like make these other decisions, maybe all of a sudden we start seeing people answer with a slightly different cleric than we expected. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's how we see the meta grow and develop. So really hope we start seeing more character slots across the board for people. That's a great point. Yeah. And I think we will too. Uh, Joel has said as much. I think all the legendaries at least uh, are up to 10 now, I think. Or, it, or, it, it was at 10. I think he might have bumped all the legends. Plus 10. Yeah, Packers to 20. 20. But if you're not, everybody's still at 10. And Yeah. Which really they, limits they, what you can do. Yeah, really they does. really need to add the ability to get some more slots for those yeah. people and, and get yeah. some use to spend in some gems and stuff. So Yeah. And hopefully that's coming soon. And hopefully that will also uh, allow us to see more Serpentine uh, staff wizards mm-hmm. in the meta. So. All right, guys. Well, it's been a long time coming. We've I've been waiting six months, five or six months to do it, but we finally got the Serpentine staff discussion off my chest. Great, great job. Um, all right. I think that's about it. Let's uh, transition into the community roundup. All right, everybody, when you hear that music, you know we are winding down. But first, let's go through the community roundup. We are going to go very quickly, go through the different events that are currently ongoing, uh, talk about the uh, different situations and who's doing well, or it it depends on the event, I will talk about it. But basically, this is just a good chance to talk about what's going on in the community and uh, let you know uh, what's happening in the events. Uh, Tim, why don't you start us off with Highlander? Well, Highlander event number one, which is the level seven uh, Thandar event, has started 
I think all of the round one matchups are done. We're on to round two or round three matches, depending on what people have finished. So it's progressing well and uh, going along pretty good. I'm really happy that this season we can actually do the matches at the specific level rather than making it a minimum. And that that's really one nice thing for this season that we didn't get last season. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that the levels are going to be specific, like I always intended. I'm going to keep this uh, really quick. I think that level seven might be a sweet spot for power level across the classes. I think that they haven't like gotten their stuff super crazy. Like, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just think they're, we were talking earlier about the power levels being closer at level 14. Now I think level seven, they're at, in a reasonable range they're of really each other close. as well, which they makes each it, get a, a few more tools than yes. like the level three class stuff, but it's not so much that they start to go crazy and, get way too good yeah i'd like to see more events at seven is my initial impression after playing a couple That's rounds a of highlander good idea seven is a good one yeah uh, much better than three and five for me um although i have come around a little bit on the on the lower levels a little bit too but i just yeah. it's hard for me to give up it's especially all fun. As a wizard it's hard to play <laughs> yeah. those lower levels at wizard it is um yeah all right um the sparks the and Rec, other- digital open yeah the other one that I do, the Sparks and Rec Digital Open, is uh, what we're in round five of Swiss. Uh, just a couple matches left, and it'll start the last round of Swiss. And then we will cut. I think it's going to cut to 16. So uh, we will see how that goes this time around. And uh, But it's progressing along slow but steady. The, the recent update just kind of slowed everything down. So there's that. All right, good stuff. Um, that brings it up to me, I guess. And the first event that I would like to talk about is Queen of the Castle. That's right. You heard me right, guys. <laughs> we have <Woo-hoo>! gotten the <laughs> first queen to uh, assume one of the thrones on the castle. Congratulations to our own Luna Pig, who uh, took the throne and has already dispatched of two challengers along the way. She's currently way facing good in a no ranger uh, King's Gambit Ooh. challenge, which, which was uh, much to his dismay, I think, because he, he loves to play <laughs> his rangers. So uh, first of all, congrats to uh, Luna Pig for being our first queen. I even went, uh, I had a logo. When I first made the, uh, the Google spreadsheet with all the different graphics and stuff on it, I actually made a queen of the castle logo in preparation for this. And it's finally. It just took a little while, yeah. It (laughs) took a little while. Well, we haven't had a bunch of people, a bunch of our uh, female heroes playing in the event. A few of them, uh, but uh, it finally happened. So, uh, congratulations once again to Lunapig. Also, we in the other castle, Castle B, we have Omsk, who is uh, on his second um, challenge uh, in defense right now. He's playing B race. Uh, As always, this is an ongoing event. We're always looking for signups. We currently have 15 people in the queue, which is great. And it's moving along at a really nice clip. Uh, So we usually get through um, probably three or four or five challenges per week uh, when we have both castles going like we do now. It's a really great event for um, uh, players to check out and uh, um, test their hand at level 12 challenges. I I haven't played a lot of uh, the uh, King of the Castle, Queen of the Castle 
stuff recently. I, I did it initially. I, I helped Matt come up with the stuff and we did this and I played it initially, but I'm really excited. I've been paying attention to it recently and there's been a lot of turnover in the, in the, in the castles. So and that always makes it really exciting to me. It's so, tough to do it. Congratulations. That, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I think the King's Gambit uh, aspect, which is, there's different really random yeah. different random rules that can happen. Uh, it might force a mirror, or it might disallow the use of a specific character, etc. It, it adds a nice curveball and a nice twist to it, and that's been a lot of fun. Yep. Again, check out the show notes for the sign up links and the rules on all this stuff. Okay, uh, moving right along. Next, I'm going to talk about the Tavern Brawl season four. We are currently in week uh, seven, I believe, which is ongoing right now. Um, the number one team is the Wild Bunch. They are currently undefeated with seven match wins, guys. Holy crap, Ola. Uh, they are doing really good. Double Dubs' own uh, team, the Decepticons, are coming in at second. They're five and one with 42 total game wins. And in third place, we have the 11 Gifts. That, not the Elven Gifts, but the 11 Gifts coming in at a four and three record with 38 game wins. It's a pretty tight match. It's still anyone's game. Hopefully someone can put a stop to the wild bunch at some point. Um, also, I just want to say the overall statistics so far, I, I think this week is at level eight or level nine. The overall statistics for the classes are cleric coming in at the lowest at 44% win rate, which is, uh, probably to be expected the fighters at 45%. They're having a rough go of things as, especially as the ranks go up a little bit. I think they, that number goes down Ranger. No surprise is at 55% and the thief is at 56% actually doing the best out of all the different classes. Wizard uh, also below 40 or below 50% at 47%. So uh, everybody who's doing Ranger and thief is doing pretty well. The other classes are struggling a little bit. All right. Uh, But as always, it's a fun team event, and this will continue on for at least, I think, one more week in the round robin before the um, the uh, final tournament begins. Which I think, Tim, is it going to be a final four teams that go that progress into the second stage? I have no idea. It is, yeah, that's what I heard. I asked the yeah. wrong person. All right, double dubs <laughs> confirms it is the final four. So yeah. uh, currently, the top four teams would can, uh, progress and do a battle of those final four to determine the winner. Okay, and the final event that I will talk about is the HRPC Season 2, which actually just started literally as we have been recording this episode. I got I, looking oh. at my email inbox, I can see the uh, notification from Challenge. It's underway. As oh. I bring up the event page on Challenge, there are 168 individual heroes in the event. <laughs> uh, yeah, Group A through Group... Oh boy, keep scrolling down. Group A through Group X. So we almost made it through the whole alphabet with uh, different groups for it's, the heroes. It's As you time can to see, write some spreadsheets to keep track oh of all these man. games. <laughs> oh god, it has begun. Yeah, uh, I think if you uh, have, if you, and I, th- we probably all put in each of the individual uh, characters. You can have five entries. If you have all five entries, you're going to have thirty uh, games, thirty, 30 games matches. 30 matches a week, which is best of three, right? Um, yeah. I think it's best of three. I don't think it's best of three. I think it's just round robin that you play each person once. 
Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So it's just um, 30 uh, games. It's 25 to 30 games per week in, in stage one. It's a lot, but whole boy, it's is it fun? Fun too. Yeah. You're, you, you just, it's the floodgates of competitive play are opened. And yeah. It's, it's pretty great in its own right. For for yep. for the HRPC events, each event's a little different, but I think there's two of them that Darklighter does that are like this, where you can enter five different characters. Yeah, like and this one like is at this level and it's round three. Robin. Yeah. yeah, first one's at level three, and then I think he said he'll do level five and seven. He's going to ramp it up as we go through the season. So lots of fun stuff to look forward to in HRP season two. And that brings us to the Thandar Combat League, where we are cruising along in the current season. We just posted the week four matchups. Um, by and large, everyone's keeping up with their games and things are going great. Um, definitely sign up for this one for the next season. If you're not in on it, you can climb the ranks between the divisions or uh, battle it out at the top. Um I guess not too much like individual highlights to call out on this one, really, right? right? Yep. Yeah. So, um, Thandar Combat League, check it out if you haven't. Up next is Survivor, which is in round 14. There was a recent post on this um, just a couple days ago. So, we are down to Eindelus, Omsk, User Cafe, Decatsis Meow, and Rucksack. So, quite the... Uh, group of competitors there rucksack got the lucky buy in round 16 and uh they are duking it up for only one survivor to remain this one um it's been cool to watch from afar of course i'd be loving to compete in it and i'm looking forward to the reboot when uh hopefully uh decat runs another survivor in the near future here once this one concludes the last event that we'll talk about is Maximum Overdrive. This is a new tournament hosted primarily by Meowgin with a little bit of support from Agency 13 and myself as well. Signups are in progress. The quick overview is that this will be the very first Realms Rising community event that features double health and base set, called arms, and dungeons. It's going to get crazy. On top of that, we're also mixing in the fact that you can only, it's best of three, and once you played with a class once, you cannot play with it again. So things are going to get weird. Is it win, win or, or lose, just play? Yeah, Win or lose, you only get to play with the class once. Which is also a new thing that hasn't been done in other events. So yeah. we're just taking it we to just, maximum overdrive. So, so just to give a little bit of a, a backstory to it, uh, Megan had messaged me about wanting to do an event and and some some other stuff and whatever i was like well i have some ideas let's talk about this and so me and dubs were actually talking about some ideas so i pulled him in and i said hey how about we do some of this stuff we all brainstormed a bunch of stuff and threw all these ideas together and <laughs> and megan's kind of going with it and we're we're there to help her out but uh yeah i'm real excited for this one i like the fact that it's bcd and that that it's the you only get to use a class once win or lose like that's that's really cool. and the double health like that's gonna be fun that's gonna that's gonna change elements. the balance up of stuff <laughs> yeah yeah just imagine how long like your armor thresholds are gonna last and stuff so. right double health i can't even really fathom what it's gonna be like but 
uh, wizard, a double health wizard. Is <laughs> I know that that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, but do you lead with it? To. You know, like a lot of questions, a lot of things to think about yeah. with all that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's never been done before. It's really unique. And uh, it, it is beta. So it's going to be limiting uh, the amount of people who can sign up for it. But hopefully we get uh, and, even more people to sign up. And and I will say it is possible in the future that like the the double health part stays, but some of the other might change that it would go to not being beta or at a different level or this or that. But that this is what we just decided to start it off with. Good deal. All right. I think that wraps up all of the different community events that are ongoing right now. As always, you can check the show notes. There's a single link where you can access a list to all of the different events, check up on the rules, look for sign up uh, links, and basically learn all that you could possibly want to know about our different community events. It's a really fun way to play the game. It's a really fun way to connect with the community. It's just a great way to kind of evoke that competitive spirit a little bit rather than just the uh, endless random cues, which are always fun too. But uh, I highly recommend you guys uh, try out at least uh, one or two of these uh, community events to really make the most out of your Hero Realms time. Well, this has been episode 26 of Sparks and Recreation. I want to uh, thank every one of our listeners for tuning in and listening to us talk and talk and talk for a couple hours here. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to discuss this game. And I'm glad that uh, everybody finds it at least somewhat interesting. So thank you all and uh, bring the discussion on Discord. I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on on all the stuff we discussed today Alrighty, and this is double dubs signing off for the evening i just uh yeah absolutely want to thank everyone for listening as well we miss you sammy hope that you are back soon and uh you should be on for the next one i think is uh all i've heard about it um, also wanted to take a moment to plug my stream on Wednesdays, twitch.tv slash double dubs at 8.30 p.m. Central. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe Slippy Fist is making it rain with gift subs. Maybe uh, Hamilton is on the stream and we've got a toaster, you know, who's got all sorts of things to say. Maybe we're doing HRPC finals coverage. You don't know until you tune in twitch.tv slash double dubs would love to see you guys there have a good night it's always a great time uh it's the flagship stream for hero realms guys and you should definitely check it out if you haven't yet um i just want to end this uh podcast with a quick call of support for possible article ideas on the realms rising website we've um got a huge wealth of knowledge of information about with different strategy articles for the different characters, different uh, play strategies, different ways to think about reshuffling and uh, evaluating purchasing cards, et cetera, et cetera. But that said, there's still so much more out there that could be done. If you have an idea for an article or something you want to write up for the uh, Realms Rising website, please let us know. Hop on the Discord or send us an email with your idea, and we'd be happy to offer any support any ideas are welcome, and we'd be happy to have some more contributions. So if you have something in mind, please let us know. 
And with that said, guys, what a great uh, discussion we had this this week. Coming up in the next episode, hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit about the Barbarian and the Alchemist after the uh, upcoming balance changes are in. So we have a lot of fun things to look forward to as well. As always, thanks for your help. We really couldn't do this without our community. We love our listeners. Thank you so much for being a part of the ride. And until next time, keep rolling into realms. Made it to the end of the show. Congratulations, you're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta analysis, and everything Hero Realms.